You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 77. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with David Meltzer, CEO of Sports One Marketing, keynote speaker, and best-selling author to talk about his quest to empower the human race with happiness. David has identified several areas within the human race that has led to a world of unhappy people. He's going to share how he is going to empower 1,000 people, to empower 1,000 people, to empower another 1,000 people, and so on and so forth, to ultimately bring more happiness and joy within our lives. If this 20-minute episode doesn't change your life, I know it will leave you thinking about the effects of the unhappiness epidemic. Hey, David, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, I'm really excited to have you on my show. I When I saw you about a month ago or so speak at an incredible conference, I just knew I had to get you on my show to talk about how you're going to empower the human race with happiness. So I'm just, I'm thrilled to have you on my show today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It is my favorite topic, so I couldn't turn it down. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, like I said, you know, about a month ago or so, I was at this conference, the Omni Athlete Live, the future of sport, and I was watching David open up the, the conference, and I was really intrigued about your story and how you dealt with adversity, but towards the end of your keynote, you, you said something that rocked my world, and it was that the human race has a happiness problem. What do you mean by that? You know, all the different research that I do, I subscribe to being more interested than interesting each day. So I study everything from Sanskrit to the Kabbalah to the Old Testament, New Testament, to the Book of Mormon, to Course in Miracles, to a variety of other people from, you know, Napoleon Hill to Wayne Dyer to Bob Proctor to Jack Canfield. But through all the the things that I study, human nature is the most interesting thing that uh, I've learned. And the optimal living of human nature is just simply to be happy. And through that research, I started seeing articles about opiate addiction addiction and alcohol abuse and how unhappy everyone is. I actually saw a report about uh, most Americans are only happy 15 days a year and suicide rates are out of control, especially from people under 50 years old. It's the number one cause of death. I mean, just ridiculous things that were so shocking to me. And in the same continuum, I was trying to figure out my goal of making everyone happy was, I believe, in making a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. So I thought if I could make $100 billion like Jeff Bezos, but be a lot more abundant than he is, that I could change the whole world. (laughs) The problem was I couldn't figure out, you know, because I'm not a dreamer in the respect that uh, I put things out into the universe that I imagine, but um, if I can't close my imagination, then I have a difficult time manifesting it. And what happened was through this research, through being more interested than interesting, I realized why not just address the problem directly and I did. I said to myself, what capacity do I have? And I have the ability to empower others, to empower others, to empower others. Meaning I have the ability to teach someone to not only teach someone, but to teach someone to teach someone to teach someone. So if I did the math, if I could teach a thousand people over the next 50 years, truly teach a thousand people to teach a thousand people to teach a thousand people, that a thousand times a thousand is a million and a million times a thousand is a billion. And if I could 
teach a billion people on earth how to be happy, the whole earth would change. An abundant attitude and energy, a collective belief and consciousness that would be created. And the irony of it is, if I can do that, I truly believe that that is how I'll manifest over $100 billion as well to put towards the energy and the cause. Because if I can create abundance for a billion people, one-eighth of the earth, and create a collective consciousness in that respect, I am sure the money will follow as it always does. Absolutely. You know, and, and when you were talking about empowering the human race with happiness, I remember you caught my attention, and, and you said empower a thousand people to empower a thousand people to empower another a thousand people and just and going on and on and on. And I'm like, I remember when you said that, I'm like, I want to be, be in that thousand. I want to be a part of it. I want to be part of this this crusade or this campaign, you know, um, and I, and when you were talking about it, I was, I was just in my mind, I'm all, this individual is playing a huge game. And I spent a lot of my life not playing a huge game and now I am and I'm, I'm reaping the benefits. And so it's just, it's beautiful to see you stepping up and doing this. And I know that you shared a, a few things on why people are not happy in, in our world right now. But what was the trigger? Like, can you go back to that moment where you're like, you know what, I need to put something in action? It was my own happiness. So I had everything that everybody wanted. I was worth over $100 million. I had a gorgeous wife, beautiful family, houses, cars, golf course, ski mountain. I could buy whatever I wanted. And for the first time in my life, I wasn't happy because I realized that I was living in a world even though I had all those material things, even though I had the subjective things, I was living in a world of not enough. And that's a scarce world. And the energy of it would only attract the wrong things and the wrong people and the wrong ideas. And it wasn't empowering. Scarcity is a depreciating energy. It's like fear. It'll suck people dry. It's a soul sucker. Not only a soul sucker for you, but when you're scarce, you suck the soul out of everyone else. And so I was actually counter acting everything I believed in. And when I realized that I had achieved everything that I wanted and I wasn't happy, I decided I needed to transform. I needed to understand the scarce energy that I was in and how do I transform into a quantum healer, into someone who understands how to be in theos, enthusiastic with their life, inspired, inspirational, all of these different things that are abundant of living in a world of more than enough. And I came to the realization that I needed to teach people how to ask. They need to ask how to be productive, meaning how can they provide value or be of service. And two, they need to ask, do you know anyone that can help me? And through that flow of being productive and accessible, that a flow of abundance could be created, an empowerment tool could be utilized. I utilize very pragmatic techniques value techniques, calendaring techniques, present techniques, asking techniques, and that is why I'm looking for a thousand people like you that I can train, that I can spend my time and empower, and I'm very patient with my time. I'll know that all I need is two people like you a year for the rest of my life, and before I leave, the legacy that I will leave will be one of a billion or more people being happy and the whole world being abundant. Right. That's beautiful. You know, you, you talk about like, your own happiness and the lack of, especially when you made all that money, a successful career, you had a beautiful family, wife, home, cars, all that, and you didn't find the happiness in it. And I, and I think there's a lot of people out there that's living that life. I lived it at one time. But, and you talked a little bit about being in service, 
But what is, like, when you think about happiness, what, what does it look like and what does it feel like to you? That is a great question. Um, no one's ever asked that. <laughs> That's so good. Um, happiness, first of all, is a personal matter like religion, right? We, we are all, it's our own private personal matter. And what it is, is it's how clear is the connection is there any interference or corrosion to the connection to that which inspires me? Because when we are inspired, when we are in spirit, when we have a clear connection to the quantum field, the true light, truth, happiness, love, whatever it is, when it is a clear connection, we feel good. We mm-hmm. feel good. And happiness to me is when I truly Feel good, not from drugs, alcohol, or ego-based emotion of some sort of inferiority, superiority, separation, but true happiness is when I feel good because of the truth and my clean, clear connection to that which inspires me. Oh, man, I love it. You know, and I'm going to be honest with you, in the last, I would say in the last 30 days or so from the conference, my wife has seen this, and I've actually seen, I've felt it and seen the shift. And I'm, I'm all about energy. I feel that there's a huge part of happiness is, you know, your, you know, your control of your energy and your control of a lot of things. And if you want to be happy, you can. And I don't know what it was, but listening to all the speakers at this conference and one of the speakers uh, who I follow a little bit, her name is Laura Wild, who is um, the LA Clippers mental performance coach. She does a lot of energy work. And based off kind of like your question about happiness, and then watching her and learning and watching more videos since then about energy, it's, it's been nuts. Like my wife is like, I don't know if it's because your, your business is booming right now and you're all happy or you're, you're truly like you're energized and you're happy. And I'm like, I think it's because I'm taking care of my energy. Therefore, why I think that I'm attracting all this business. And, and I'm doing all this energy work with all my teams and my athletes. And it's, it's just uh, it's remarkable the power of what energy does if you cultivate it and how it affects happiness? Well, everything vibrates, which means everything is energetic. And, you know, you could even talk to your car and have an impact on the car starting <laughs> because every material mineral is vibrating. It might vibrate slower because minerals vibrate slowest and then plants, animals, humans, sound, light, and then thought. Right. But understanding that everything is energy, money, Right, I always say there's two of the most important currencies or energies, current. It, a currency is an object of energy that you put into a current. Money is a currency. Uh, at the pragmatic level, it's the most important currency because it allows you to shop. Shopping makes us happy. In other words, manifesting is shopping. And so at a material level, to manifest things, we manifest things from Amazon. We shop on things on Amazon. And if we have green card power... Uh, you know, you can shop for only so much. If you have a gold card, you can shop for more. A platinum card, even more. And a black card, it's abundant. You can shop for everything. The same thing holds true with the ultimate currency in the world. The ultimate currency in the universe is faith. Faith is a currency. It's an energy in which we put into the flow of the universe. The difference is, is if we have a green card of faith, we can only get so much of what we want. If we have a gold card more, a platinum card more, and a black card, we could have everything for everyone. Because there is a big Amazon in the universe called the quantum field. It's a field that holds everything from the past, present, and future. It's a field that holds even more than we can imagine. 
and that we only have to access it through the embodiment that we've been given, through the short-term memory of our cellular structure, the mid-term memory of our subconscious, and the sub-quantum field called our DNA that creates a frequency that shops. And if we aggregate what we think, say, do, and believe, and the unconscious competencies of our DNA, the personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions that we have, we can shop the same as we do on Amazon, but in a much bigger store that holds much more from the past, the present, and the future. I love it. And I love it that you brought up faith because, you know, we talk about fear. And, you know, when you think of the acronym of fear, false evidence, appearing real, and I think if we look at the opposite of fear is faith, that that's the true evidence. When you, if you're looking for evidence, trust faith. You know, it does not necessarily be religion, religious, but just true faith, trust in the process, trusting yourself, trusting your energy. So I love it that you brought up faith. Yeah, and the faith is the continuum of the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. It's I am. It's a faith in ourselves and that which inspires us and that which is connected to us. You know, when you kind of came up with this, you know, empowering the, the human race with happiness, was that ever met with... With scrutiny, like, really, you're going to do this? Like, how's that going to look? How long is it going to take you? Did, has anybody met you with kind of just any negativity or any barriers with it? Yeah, this is the coolest thing about this quest that I'm on, this journey that I'm on, is that beyond anything, when I told people I wanted to start a sports agency or work for Lee Steinberg or make a million dollars, or even if I told someone I was going to make $100 billion, all I got was resistance. <laughs> all I got. Wow. Right? When I told my mom I didn't want to be a lawyer and I wanted to work in technology, the person closest to me that believed the most in me gave me resistance. Here's the funny thing. When I tell people that I want to empower over a billion people on earth to be happy over my lifetime, and I tell them that's basically about two people a year that I need to teach to empower others to empower others, because and that would end up with a thousand people in my lifetime you know, that then I could teach a thousand more to teach a thousand more. A thousand times a thousand is a million, a million times a thousand is a billion. So I have a direct mathematical answer that either my credibility stands for itself and they believe or they don't. And a high percentage of the people believe that I can empower a thousand people in my lifetime to empower a thousand people to empower a thousand people way more than believe that I can make a hundred billion dollars or that, you know, I can dunk a basketball or, you know, anything else, you know, start a sports marketing company or have a TV show that will be successful like Elevator Pitch or a podcast that would be successful like The Playbook or a best-selling book like, you know, Game Time Decision Making. Way more people, ironically, believe that I can empower a thousand people in my life, to empower a thousand, to empower a thousand, and believe the practical things that I had no doubt that I could manifest. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I mean, you're you're a powerful person, influential person. Not only have I seen you a lot of your videos, but I saw you in action, and uh, and I'm bought in. Um, when you think about this initiative, uh, is it more than is it more than just a goal? Is is it just a way of life? Yeah, everything is a way of life for me because I have a consistent, persistent enjoyment of the pursuit of my potential. So. I pick, and I'm very pragmatic about it, five things at least a day that I'm going to pursue. 
and I know how the body works, right? Why do I have to be consistent? Because the short-term memory of the cellular structure that only can get input by my eyes, my ears, my nose, and my mouth, and my touch, I have to do something every single day for minimum 21 days or more determinative upon how much interference I give it that can come from my conscious, subconscious, or unconscious. So I have to stick to it every day because every day my cellular memory forgets all the lessons that I've learned and i got to start over tomorrow. But if I consistently do it enough days in a row, it's now going to be stored in my midterm memory, which is my subconscious, the 40,000 of the lessons that I've learned. And if I access those lessons every day or enough, I'm never going to forget it out of the inter- in intermediate memory, which then will send a frequency to my hard drive, my quantum memory, the long-term memory that scientists today guarantee that has four generations of lessons in it from our great-grandparents, grandparents, and parents, but I believe have billions of lifetimes in it, even future lifetimes of memory. This quantum memory allows me to have the right personality traits by activating the DNA that exists in this memory, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions that can break through and change my thermostat, clothe my imagination, and empower others to empower others to be happy. All of that exists in a quantum field, into an infinity field, into a hard drive that holds a memory that's unbelievable. But unfortunately, most people are just limited by their perception of the conscious memory, a cellular structure memory that forgets every single thing every day when we go to sleep, let alone people don't even work on what we can do while we sleep. Which, by the way, sleep is the most consistent habit that takes the most time of any habit of human nature. So one of the parts of what I teach people to empower people to empower other people to empower other people to be happy is to understand how to utilize sleep and study sleep more than you study anything else since it's the only consistent habit that every human being on earth does for over eight hours a day every single day of their life. Wow. Man, that's that's awesome. And sleep is huge, man. If we want to, if we want to recharge and recover, man. I mean, it's like I kind of look at it as a, we we compete in life, so we can recover. Let's leave it out on the field. Let's leave it out on that whatever it is. Share energy, light it up, light our lives up, so we can recover. And we have to sleep, so that's that's huge. I think even more importantly than recover and recharge, by the way, is that the body needs to recover. We never recharge. We are consistently connected to the greatest charge of all time. Mm. The quantum field of energy, a light that is unfathomable to us, and our ego is what protects us from all the light and all our power. The ego won't allow us to liberate ourselves to the extent of what unlimited source of power exists. So what we do when we sleep is more than just recover the body, which does get exhausted and put us to sleep, but more importantly, clears the connection between that light and other, because the, when the, the, the body is asleep, the ego is asleep, and we can allow the subconscious and unconscious directly to suck knowledge, light, information into itself to grow, expand, and accelerate so that when we wake up, we have a higher frequency than we even went to bed with. Wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. That all makes sense. Um, you just kind of opened up my eyes to uh, just a different perspective. Uh, like you said, perspective is everything. Um, I just read a quote from you saying that uh, about a day ago or so. Um, <laughs> right. Well, let's two more questions here, real quick, before we sign off. You know, we we talk about what I love is one of my favorite emotions is joy, being joyful, being joyous, which I, I believe is really connected into our happiness. Uh, how do you? How does Dave 
tap into your joy? Like, what are the things that you do to tap into to be joyful? There's four things that I do. And number one is evaluate everything based on my values and know my four values inherent in my unconscious competency. Those four values are gratitude, okay? That's my perspective. Past, present, and future are all better because of gratitude. I have forgiveness because I know that I'm here to learn lessons. I'm going to keep on learning the lessons until I learn them. I'm also able to forget every lesson that I learn every day because of the short-term memory of my cellular structure. And more importantly, I can remember, reconnect, remember all the lessons of the universe, past, present, and future. I'm accountable. I use accountability, so I take complete control of everything by asking myself two simple questions. What did I do to attract this to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? Once again, because I'm here for lessons. And then finally, the value of effective communication. How clear is the connection? How much interference or corrosion do I have between two things? That which inspires me and everything else. Because everything's interconnected, because we are one and I'm one, I want to make sure that I'm effectively communicating and clearing the connection so that I'm sucking as much inspirational source of energy and light and truth and love and joy that I can because my goal, like you said, is joy. I better have a clear connection to the truth. And then more importantly, I have to give it away so I can expand. So how am I inspiring others to be joyful as well? Mm. The second thing that I do is I ask. I ask two questions. One, how productive can I be? How can I be of service and of value in every action I take in person on the phone via email or media, radio, print, TV, or social media? And then also, do you know anyone that can help me? Those are the two things that I ask. So in other words, I create a flow with the second thing that I think about, a flow of joy. Third thing I do is I utilize time. I maximize my time with a lens of productivity and accessibility by being a student of my calendar. I study and pay attention to to harness the power of intention from the quantum field of everything by being and using the calendar, which is really a medium in which we study the man-made construct of time, 24 hours of time, in order to be the most productive, provide value and service, and the most accessible, not only accessible to others so that you can spread the joy, but also how am I accessing joy? And then finally, being present. Being present is the pragmatic uh, state of doing it now. So I simply effectuate joy by asking myself, can I do it now? And if I can do it now, I do it now, which takes half as much time minimum. If I do things now, and I, it would take half as much time as if I put it off minimum. And two, I'm much more exponentially statistically successful by doing it now. And doing it now and staying present also means I better have a repository or some storage unit to put things that I can't do now so that I can study my calendar and schedule time to go into my do it now folder, prioritize by what's most important, not what's completely urgent, what's most important first, and then delegate what's just urgent. If you follow these four steps, know your value, ask, be a student of your calendar, and be present by doing it now, you will experience joy at an unlimited rate. Not only will you experience joy, but you can give joy to others and teach people and others to give joy to others. In other words, you can be one of the Melcher 1000. Wow. Seriously, as you're talking about that, I was like, wow, I'm going to be adopting, adopting these, these principles or steps. But you're, you're, you're literally, you don't even see me right now on the other side of the microphone here, but I, I'm smiling because I'm like, wow, he's just giving me a ton of energy and giving me a ton of things to think about. Now it's affecting my life. And I know it. When, when someone says something, whether it's on the phone or in front of me and I'm smiling, 
I'm my frequency is high. And uh, so I thank you. I appreciate that. It's awesome. One more question real quick. It's kind of a deep one. But when you reflect on your whole career, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Radical humility by mm. far. I don't even have to blink. I've learned the most about myself that I am in the law of surrender. I, I've always understood the law of Goya. I work hard. I work smart. I work long. I learned the law of attraction through the lessons that I've learned that I have the power to connect to the highest source and attract whatever I want. But I have most learned the greatest lesson of radical humility, the law of surrender, that I need to get back to center, live a neutral life in the flow, that I cannot allow ego-based consciousness, number one, to take me off of my trajectory, and two, to allow me to accelerate in the wrong direction with the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, angry, anxious, frustrated, guilty, resentful, whatever it may be, I cannot live my life in ego anymore. I have learned radical humility. I practice radical humility. I know it's a muscle in which I have to improve upon. I am not 100% of the way there. I have to remind myself every day because I have the ability to forget the most valuable lessons even, and that is radical humility. I am of surrender with the highest power and source of energy so that it can come through me for others, living an abundant life of more than enough. Wow. Dave, I, thank you so much for being on my show and sharing your energy and sharing your thoughts and sharing this this way of life of affecting our human race with happiness. Uh, this was an honor, and I can't can't express how how thankful I am to have you on my show. It was my honor, my privilege, and pleasure. Please share it with as many people as you can. If people want to learn more or follow me, just remember my name, David Meltzer. Instagrams at David Meltzer. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. David D I V I D Meltzer. My website's the only thing that's shortened. It's D uh, Meltzer, first initial, last name D Meltzer, but David Meltzer, D Meltzer, and you will find me. Beautiful. Well, there you have it. Um, my listeners, check him out. There's a ton of content out there, and his message is, is unreal, and I think you're going to be enlightened. So, again, David, thank you so much for being on my show. It's a privilege and an honor. Let me know how I can be of service. I look forward to talking to you again. Mm-hmm.